Welcome to the Small Town Comeback Podcast. I'm your host, Becca Summers. These stories feature builders, dreamers, and doers in Vernal, Utah. These folks are making a big impact in our small town. Today, I'm chatting with two locals who've been able to build up tech careers in our small town. They both share their journey into tech, lessons they've learned, and advice for others looking at getting into the tech scene. Talking with me today is Ted Mumford, a local business owner and city council member who's worked in the rural tech scene for almost 20 years, and Cray Haslam, a local web developer who turned to tech later on in his life after needing to make a career change. Thanks for coming on, you guys. So excited to hear about your journeys uh, within the tech scene here. But to start off, we I want to know, what Ted, what do you love about living in a small town? You know, this area has been a wonderful area to raise a family in. I love this place. We have everything that anyone could ever want to have for um, entertainment. I mean, we have outdoor sports and all that kind of stuff. But I got to be honest, the very best part of this area is the people. They will help you in a pinch. They stand up for what's right. They just, just good people, solid area. Fantastic. Great. How about you? What do you love about living in a small town? Yeah, a lot of the same. Um, the kindness that we have here. I feel like the people, everyone is is a little bit closer connected than than even if there was more people you know you feel like the more people there'd be more connections but i feel like it's the opposite i feel like here in a small town we have we have our our families close and and our neighbors are close as well and um it seems like especially here that everybody is so kind and and reaches out when whenever there's a need absolutely that's great i'm curious um as we talk about each of your tech journeys, Craig, can we start with yours as far as catch us up to date? Currently, what's your role in the tech scene in our small town? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So I've been working with Dev Pipeline for almost two and a half years now. Um, I'm the manager for the Vernal office and and uh, team lead for uh, one of our development teams. I, I do, um, we do web development. Um, we build apps and, and websites for for anyone, so fantastic. And what do you love about your job? What What about the tech resonates with you? Um, so I love the ability to uh, create things. Um, I, it's it's been super fun journey um, learning these technologies, the, the 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 languages and and frameworks that we use at Dev Pipeline to build useful products for people that make an impact. It's been huge. So I bet that's super satisfying. Yes. You, had, you start with nothing and then you get to create something that is usable and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not very artistic, but um, I love I love art and I love seeing people create things. And this is kind of a, a different outlook or I mean, a uh, different uh, way of creating and, and expressing that. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I love that. How have you seen our tech community grow in the small town just even the past five years? What would you say? Yeah, it's it's been interesting um, working down at the Innovation Hub. I see a lot of people coming in from uh, different parts of the state and different parts of the country uh, to have our fast internet and 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 um, uh, that useful space that they don't have to be in the city. They can be here and and working remotely. And um, like a couple of my neighbors uh, that have recently moved in from California, that they they are able to do their jobs here. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's really been picking up here. People moving, bringing their jobs with them, being able to work remote. They're having the access here. And then you didn't always start with tech, right? Tell tell me life before tech, your career. 
Yeah. So um, before tech, I was working in aviation. Um, my family had a business here at the airport, uh, Apex Aviation. We we had uh, flight flight instruction services as well as some chartering. It was, and then um, we sold fuel to to aircraft that that came in. Yeah. Fantastic. So, how long were you pilot for? Um, so eight years. Um, started in in two thousand eleven. And then um, was was in an accident in 2019. Yep. Okay. Because I think something that a lot of people would resonate with is this kind of change mid mid journey of careers. Um, tell me about that change for you. Yeah, it it was it was hard. Um, so in 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 2019 um, was was in an accident and then uh, no longer eligible. Um, for the FAA standards for for a medical certificate, so um, was looking at a different career, and um, you know had a had a love for aviation, love love flying, and love everything about the that industry, and and was looking at something that um, so I have I have twelve fused vertebrae, so something that would be a little bit less um, physically demanding, and and tech it really seemed to fit fit the bill well. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun journey. Fantastic. What was that like to basically learn a new language? I feel like each career kind of speaks their own language. And so here now you're kind of dual, you have dual languages, but what was that like for you to learn something completely new? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, really fun. I, I, I enjoy learning. I love going to school and and I like taking classes, which I had a few people mention that that's, that's not really normal. Don't, (laughs) but, uh, it's been, it's been, um, interesting to to go from a field that was heavily regulated heavily um the federal government's very involved in aviation and to be kind of more more free this is this has been um something that we we get to i'm sorry i already mentioned this but but be creative and it's it's been it's been a lot of fun to learn the different um niches and the, all the different, I mean, you know, we say tech kind of broad, but there's, there's so many different, um, niches that, that need filled. It's been fun. Definitely. It seems like tech is a little bit of the wild west. As far as the frontier, there's constantly new discoveries, there's new creations. And that's a really interesting juxtaposition, juxtaposition of in the aviation, everything is locked down, very strict, very, you know, kind of boarded up of what's acceptable and tech is your job to explore what's possible. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's great. What? Um, how has tech opened doors for you? Yeah, um, you know, I once once I was I was not doing aviation any longer. Um, I was working at uh, the the Shell gas station um, across the street from Walmart. If anybody knows which which one that is, but um, you know, I I didn't have a lot of uh, career growth there. Like, I mean, I wasn't, um, there wasn't, and, and not being able to fly any longer, I, I, I was kind of in a position where I didn't know what opportunities I would have. And, and, you know, luckily the, the opportunities I've had now is, is, is amazing. Like there's, it seems like there's jobs available and, and, and there's definitely something I will be able to do, uh, long-term. Yeah. Wonderful. And, you were so generous to share your your story, kind of history of the crash and history of your career transition. And so if the audience is curious, they can watch that documentary on smalltowncomeback.org. Um, and it's definitely worth checking out. So 
I'm curious, now that you have the tech jobs, what are some of the perks that you have within that career? It seems like every career has their pros and cons. In your experience, what what are those pros and cons for you? Yeah, um, so far I haven't had many cons. It seems right? like uh, there's been there's been a, a, the opportunity to um, work from home if I need to. We have we have the hub available, which is which is amazing. But also, you know, when my sons, uh, if one of them has to stay home sick from school, and my wife needs to work, it's okay for me to be able to stay home and and um, use the. Uh, Zoom and and other online services that are available to connect with the team and and I can still um, be involved and then um, also I, I don't need to um, I, I don't need to use my back <laughs> the, 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 with with those with those injuries I I I, I don't think I I'd last very long in in a lot of the the hardworking. Um, uh, businesses that are here in the basin. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you can avoid physical labor to help with your injuries, things like that. Yeah. That's great. And it sounds like it's affording you the, the lifestyle that you want to be able to be, be available and to have access to your family when, when it, when they need you. Um, what are, you said there's not a lot of cons, but what, have you seen any challenges with having a tech job? You know, it's difficult. Um, you know, one of the things that I face daily it seems like is is there something new that 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 um you know it's not a lot of the same things every day you, we we it's usually you're you're looking with your team at something that the team has not faced and and um we're we're constantly learning which is it it's it's difficult but it's also a, it's fun to me <laughs> so it sounds like a lot of innovation a lot of problem solving creativity all of those things sound like they'd be necessary for that kind of work. Is that right? I think I think that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. What advice would you have to someone who is looking at going into a tech career, based off your experience? Like, if you could go back and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, it was um, actually something that Shane, um, my my supervisor, brought up in a team training uh, about two weeks ago. Um, but if you're unsure of what to do, you're in a right, you're in the right spot. So, so, um, always be looking for, for an opportunity to grow. Always be looking for that next step of your journey. And, and, and if you're, and, and I feel like that's, that's big for someone in tech is, is if you, um, are going to be, you're going to, you're going to be frustrated. And so look, look at it as those opportunities to grow. I like that. So be prepared to be frustrated, be prepared to face the unknown, but then also have the courage that you're in the right spot. If this is new territory to Mm -hmm. have courage to keep going. Exactly. Yeah, That's great. And Ted, you've been in the tech business for almost 20 years now. Can you, can you briefly tell me about your business, kind of get us up to speed with with your history and backstory in the tech scene. Sure. You know, I got to be honest, Beck, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to Cray share his story here. I, the male side of me wants to have a really awesome thing to say, like, hey, I was an astronaut or something. <laughs> but I don't have that. Way to go, man. That's awesome. Um, started my business in 2006. Uh, been working like crazy ever since to try to build it up. 
we do uh, everything, well, everything that takes high water pants and thick glasses, I guess. <laughs> we That's do, the dress code. Yeah, right. Got it. Right. We work with uh, computers. We sell them. We fix them. We tune them up. We work with networks and residential and business. We do all kinds of stuff and uh, getting deeper into it as the years go by. That's fantastic. And you've been part of the tech scene kind of from the beginning. You're kind of maybe even one of the founding fathers of the tech scene of this community in our small town, which is great. How did you get started in the tech uh, industry? I appreciate that thought. I, uh, I've i always been kind of a geek at heart. When I was a kid, my dad used to bring computers home from work and he'd let me tinker with them and tear them apart. I remember upgrading to four megs of RAM with more than two colors on my monitor. And that was a big day for me in my life. But one of the big jumps I had in my career um, was working for Strata, actually, way back before they were called Strata. I worked for seven years, uh, learned a whole bunch about internet and servers and all kinds of technology and stuff. Had a ball. I remember starting out on EasyLink's dial-up internet. <laughs> so for the audience members who don't know, so Strata is our local internet provider mm -hmm. and communications provider. That's right. And I was on board with them. I was part of the team that uh, helped come up with, we went from dial-up to wireless internet to DSL to fiber. I was part of all of that development at the very beginning. <clears throat> been a wonderful journey. Learned a lot. That's incredible. So you've been part of this internet journey from the start because our generation really is, they're almost calling it the technological age. You know, they have the stone yeah. age and the all those different ages and ours is the tech age. And yeah. so you've been there from the beginning. So how how has your business grown and pivoted over the years? I mean, most most small companies have to. Mm -hmm. Oh, so. man. I think my business has been nothing but growth. Uh, after I started my own thing, um, we ran it out of my house for a year in my basement. Actually, we did web design, so that's cool that we have that connection there. And about every year for the first three or so, four years maybe, we would grow into a bigger building and just keep growing and keep growing. And now we have two locations, one in Roosevelt, one in Bernal, and we have several technicians that work for us and uh, looking for one right now in Roosevelt. <laughs> just continuing forward, it's been nothing but change and nothing but hard work the whole way. That's amazing. That's a lot of perseverance. Running your own company is not for the faint of heart. So <laughs> tell us uh, what advice would you have to someone who's either running their own company or you know, starting a similar small business? Oh, sure, sure. Um, a couple of things come to mind about that. Number one, be ready to work hard. Um, running a business is kind of like owning a house. If you've ever went from renting to owning, uh, all of the problems are yours. Nobody's going to come along and fix them for you. But you do have the latitude to do whatever you want. If you want to paint a room pink, you can, and there's no landlord going to tell you not to. But that's actually part of the problem too, is because you got to get a handle on balance you can work yourself to death and then you don't have any personal life or any friends or family. You can not work enough and then you don't have any customers that are happy with you. So finding that balance is kind of tough. One thing I would do, I have a little bit of backwards advice, I think. Um, the way I started was very small. I would put feelers out, get a, I would experiment with little products and services and get a feel for the market that's out here. And it just worked to do it that way. A lot of businesses like to go really big right out of the gate and uh, tend to waste some resources and, and in the learning phase of what their market is. I remember having a lot of people warn me about some of the services we do. They'd say, hey, this doesn't work in across the country, but it does here. And so finding it and then trusting your instincts and doing the best you can. Yeah, close your eyes, say a solid prayer and move forward is all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you, any tips on your time management? Because 
You have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, that, tell us how many kids you have. I have 10 children. Okay. So, yeah, yeah you have not just a family, but a big family and we a lot of people. a hockey team, yeah. <laughs> to love and care for. Um, so how do you manage, you know, running your own business? There's not a lot of boundaries per se. Mm-hmm. You have to make your own boundaries. Um, any advice there or any things that have helped you with your time management or creating that that lifestyle to have a successful business, but then also hopefully have a successful family. I appreciate that. Um, That is really the trick, I think. You know, I'll tell you, I I believe, having been in business for as long as I have, I believe the number one reason small businesses fail is because of fear. When you're the boss, when the paycheck isn't solid and sure, and when you know that the hard stuff is going to fall on your shoulders, it's really hard not to get terrified that everything's going to fall apart. And so learning to have a little faith instead of fear, learning to trust what you know and your own skills and being willing to work. But at the same time, you know, there's, there's a really simple question that seems simple, I guess, but uh, in, <laughs> in reality can be kind of challenging. You have to ask yourself, what do I want? Really, truly, what do I want? Do I want to have time with my family? Do I want to make a million dollars at a business? What do I want? And then when you identify what that is, you make it happen. You, you find a way to focus on that thing that you want and let other stuff just sort of fall into place around it. I love that. Okay, so forming like a strong internal, almost like moral map or compass. Mm-hmm. Knowing and, where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then working from there. Mm-hmm. That's great because then your decisions can be from the internal instead of external, right? Mm-hmm. You are more in charge of what that destiny looks like for you. Um, how do you feel like... Um, the tech scene has grown in our small town as you've been part of this journey from the beginning. What have you noticed or what have you seen? You know, our area, this is one of the greatest parts of the Uinta Basin is the growth that we have experienced, the amazing stuff. Cray here is wearing an innovation hub hat. Um, one of the best things that ever happened to our area is that innovation hub. It is a tell wonderful us, thing. Tell us a little bit about it in case our listeners don't know. So Cray might know more than I do about it. This, uh, this is something started, uh, uh, Quinn Benyon from Vernal City, he's the manager of Vernal City, who played a big role in it, and he got uh, a lot of others involved. And they put together a place where people can come and start a business and have a relatively solid beginning, a good foundation uh, with lots of uh, connected people who know what they're doing. Um, fantastic way to get things going. They also have a policy that I don't know how many of the participants would appreciate or agree with me on here, but their policy is after two years, you're out. You got to go make what you've started grow. And that is a great thing for these businesses because it forces them to either make it or break it, make it happen. And I think that's one of the best things that's ever happened to our community. That innovation hub is fantastic. The internet growth that we've seen, like we were talking about going from stone age dial up that is miserable (laughs) into, um, DSL and uh, fiber, and then all of the other connectivity options that are coming out, fantastic. The uh, UBATC training center, uh, teaching tech skills, uh, trade skills, and not just uh, getting a diploma kind of stuff. Fantastic for our area. All of these things have been huge blessings and give our area an edge. That's fantastic. So the increase of education to help our rural rural workforce and Mm -hmm. then the the innovation hub, which is like a co-working space. So now you have kind of an incubator Mm -hmm. of these new ideas and people can rally together and work together rather than being in an isolated situation. Absolutely. Haven't they found over time like that? That's key, right? If you Mm -hmm. can get 
these ideas flowing in these people in the same room, there's a synergy that can really accelerate mm -hmm. those growth and those innovations rather than being isolated mm -hmm. and all alone. Nothing is ever going to replace uh, people being devoted to what they're doing and putting their own elbow grease into it. But having these tools available will take someone who's dedicated and give them that op opportunity. Fantastic. How have you seen um, the tech scene kind of help stabilize our local economy? And for those listeners who don't know, we are very prominent in oil and gas. So we mm -hmm. have a lot of boom and bust. Mm -hmm. How have you seen or how do you hope that more tech-based jobs will stabilize that? Well, this is kind of the magic wand of what tech is. This is, this is the cool feature that Cray was talking about a minute ago. Um, people can come here and they telecommute. They sit on their couch in their PJs and they take phone calls or they do medical things, uh, data input. Um, I service some companies that take care of all of their accounting stuff here. And then their main company goes everywhere else in the world and does all their fun stuff. That opportunity, if we didn't have the connectivity that we do with high-speed internet, if we didn't have some of the other tools available, wouldn't even be possible for us. But that is fantastic. That's great. And how have you seen that, uh, on the flip side, help our local businesses? You know, um, that's, it's key if they can learn how to do it. If, if some of the local businesses will, and, and I guess, I, I hope it doesn't sound terrible to say, like I was talking about, fear is the killer of everything. As people look to this as an opportunity instead of a problem, they will find all kinds of blessings and all kinds of gifts that will help them accomplish what they need to accomplish. Um, those who will take the risk and get involved find a lot of joy, a lot of uh, help in this stuff. Uh, the other ones, if they need help, hopefully they can call somebody and get some support going on that. But it's it, there's very low downside to this stuff. That's great. I'm curious, do either of you see maybe areas that our town could be strengthened within the tech scene? Um, maybe areas that we're neglecting or need some strengthening we have so much opportunity here and 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 the high-speed internet and and there's um you know Tecris has been in business here and and it seems like we're 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 uh doing pretty good um ted anything from your perspective that we're in a very good position right now i think um if we get a little bit more diverse with stuff that would be beneficial to our area um one of the things that I was paying attention to, that I have been paying attention to, is uh, places, and I know this isn't fully uh, connected or related, but I still think it plays a role. Uh, when Sportsman's Warehouse came to town, um, I asked, about about six months later, I asked Basin Sports, I said, how are you guys doing with your stuff? I mean, did Sportsman's Warehouse hurt you guys? They said, that's the best Christmas we've ever had. And I've seen this when Lowe's came to town, some of the uh, roofing world, for example. They said, man, that's the best we've been doing forever. I think people misunderstand what um, diversification and competition does. And I think a little more of that would be beneficial to us in really, really great ways. It promotes better customer service. It promotes lower prices, better opportunities, better growth for people. I would like to see a little bit more of that. But like Craig was saying, we're in, we're in pretty good shape right now. It's... I don't know how much better it could get. We're, we're sitting very well. That's great. And that kind of uh, mirrors what you're saying as far as a growth mindset rather than fear. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people, it can be easy to be afraid of change or mm -hmm. when new things come. But it sounds like from your experience that when new things have happened, it's accelerated growth and it's brought better customer service and better options. I've been watching it fairly closely because, I mean, I own a business. I, I don't want to get 
pushed under by some kind of competing entity or something, but it doesn't seem to happen that way. Um, some do, and I would say most of them because they either weren't fully situated correctly or maybe they got afraid. But uh, from what I can tell, good competition increases everything for everyone. It's just a benefit. Great. That, no, that's great advice. I'm curious, uh, what advice for other small towns who are trying to build up their tech scene, would you have any advice for them if, if they're listening? Get an innovation hub. Get an innovation hub. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Having an incubator for new ideas and and that ease of access, you know, and and invest in high speed internet, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Go, yeah, try to um, connect with providers. Like, I mean, if you can, like we can, like we have here with Strata, it's mm-hmm. been great. Great. And then in the next five or ten years, if if you guys could each wave a magic wand, what would you hope for within the tech scene here in our small town? Um, tech going first. You know what I would like to see, and I, I tech plays a big role in it. But I would like to see more industry, more manufacturing come to this area. We have space. We have good people. In fact, we lose a lot of good people to uh, Wasatch Front and other outside areas for jobs. I would like to see some more manufacturing. I would like to see uh, the tech that we have available be utilized for that kind of stuff. I think it would diversify the economy. It would take away the, the boom and bust cycle you're talking about, or at least soften it a little bit. Because it's rough when we hit those downturns. Definitely. Okay. That makes sense. More manufacturing. How about you, Craig? What would you wish for? Yeah, I, I would wish for all of the all of the businesses that are here to be able to see the needs that they have with Vortec. Like all of the all the um all the processes right now that are they're so manual and, and repetitive that they could see, they can see that opportunity and, and that we'll have the people here and and uh, trained and, and um, able to fulfill that need. I think that'd be great. Definitely. And Cray, you've been a part of this kind of growing ho- homegrown tech community. Can you tell me how that's grown in the past couple of years? Because you started out as the first student within Dev Pipeline, which is like a, an educational program to help with software engineers and web developers. So you were, you were the first generation. And then tell me how it's grown since then. Yeah, it's it's uh, worked out pretty well. I was the very first student and the only one in the class for for the this area, and then I, I believe we had eight the the following, and and then ten come in directly after that. With uh, I believe uh, twenty seven interns have came through Dev Pipeline and and learned um, the skills to to do web development, and and so it's been uh, cool to see the the we've been able to collaborate and, and help each other mentor, get, uh, and, and learn these skills. Yeah. That's great. What are your, uh, kind of last question on the tech side, what are your, both of your thoughts on AI as far as how you see it helping our small town or helping the, just the, in the future? What, what are your thoughts? One of the most mischievous technologies out there. Okay. <laughs> AI is being used for nefarious purposes. It's being used for all kinds of stuff. Um, I guess it depends on the scenario. AI could be very beneficial in the uh, entertainment industry. They use it to resurrect actors that are no longer around, and it's worked out pretty cool. Um, they've. Uh, <laughs> what about within your sphere, though? Within your tech sphere, how do you hope AI? How do you see AI helping you within your businesses or the services that you offer? More intuitive, I, I think, uh, in the support field. When you have, when you buy something. Uh, a new TV or a piece of software or something, you can get on their websites and the AI will usually answer your questions that you have 
without having to get a wait for a live person or whatever. That's been beneficial. That's been very helpful for people. And as that technology gets fine-tuned, it will be even better, I think. Great. How about you, Craig? What do you think? Yeah, that's something that um, we've seen, especially recently, is using using AI as, as a teaching tool. Now, it doesn't do a lot of things perfect, but it can, um, especially the, the few variations that actually um, – cite their their sources you can you can you can um use that as learning in in areas that you don't have any any working knowledge in it seems like that's been a a nice tool to add in the in the web developers tool belt is is uh being able to use that to help with uh learning foreign concepts pretty cool that's great yeah i'm excited to see where it goes because i i think we're just at the beginning and it seems like it's again the wild west of Buckle up. Like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride. Thank you so much for you both to come on and tell us about your journeys. We're so excited about the work that you're doing and all the help that you are giving to our community. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This show is produced by Summer Creative Agency and V6 Media. This podcast is sponsored by Vernal City, Strata Networks, Uinta County Tourism and Events, and Uinta County Economic Development. Check out our show notes and website, smalltowncomeback.org, for documentaries and more content about these stories. 